It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Players, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Brought to you by the Up On Game Presents Network. You guys know what I'm about to say. Make sure you're going and liking and subscribing to Up On Game wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Get the whole gang, get the whole network. But for the gang inside here, I'm with my guys, Jake Galley and Stat Matt Robertson. We are past the, the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. So we're, we're sticking to NFL, right? That's the... All that really matters, NBA is kind of in its, in its midseason form. Everyone loves when NBA is in its midseason form. So the NFL is what's to talk about. And now that my team is out of the playoffs, and that's the only time we're going to mention it in this entire hour-long podcast, we can talk about the NFL divisional round. So before we do, how are we doing, y'all? Jake and Stat Matt, you guys getting ready for your squad to, to kind of enter the NFL playoffs? Well, I'm really excited. Uh Division round of the playoffs, home game, division rival. Um, it's you have to appreciate moments like this as a sports fan. And I everything's going pretty well with Philly sports if you don't count the Flyers. Like no Eagles one really are does. number one seed. Sixers have won sixteen of their last twenty, and the Phillies just made the World Series. And the freaking Union made the MLS Cup Moscow, final. So yeah. 
Um, so it's just been really fun. I I'm glad that we got the Giants. That doesn't mean it's an, it's a hundred percent win, but um, best best option for the Eagles probably. Consider. I mean, I don't know, and we'll get into it obviously, but. I don't feel worried at the we're, we're a step. We're a couple of days away from a, arguably the most important game of Jalen Hurts' career, right? Or my but definitely. franchise, I was franchise ar- quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and I feel much. zero nerves about like, which is, I don't think is good. I think, that I don't means think that's, that's the general vibe. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll talk about it. Obviously the Eagles, I think have a good chance to win the game. They have, they have a great chance. Um, and and Vegas thinks so too, seven and a half point favorites over the giants right now, but like, uh, it's still the playoffs. This is, I know Eli's not there, but this is a franchise in the giants that like, it's known for like, just get me in, like, just get me in. I'll I'll make something happen. So why don't we just jump right in to our our NFL playoff talk right with that? Cause the first games that we have slated right here is, is the giants at the Eagles. Um, and so we'll lay this out for y'all where each team has the advantage where each team can exploit the other team. And then at, at the end of, you know, we talk about the matchup, obviously we'll get into who we think is going to actually win the game. So we'll start with the giants coming to Philly and facing the Eagles uh, in the previous meetings this year, division opponents, the Eagles went two and zero versus the giants. The last game the Eagles played was a W against at that time, a resting giants team who had just clinched a playoff berth, but it doesn't matter because this is a, a division game. And it's funny how football works and how the football gods work, right? Because, you know, you guys, you guys play a resting Giants team for what it's worth. You don't put the Giants at full strength. And now you kind of, you know, don't get away with that in a sense. Football gods make you come back and play. Now the Giants at full strength with some moxie to them with being in the playoffs. So we can start with y'all, start with the hometown team, start with those dirty birds. Where do you guys see that you guys have the advantage against the Giants? I want to talk about where I have the advantage, and that's I. I just want to. Thank, I didn't know you were taking the field. On Saturday, man. I just want to thank the <laughs> NFL scheduling committee. When I realized right when the Giants won that we'd be playing Saturday, knowing that my work schedule has me off Sunday so I can watch football, I really got scared that I'd have to like somehow try to tra- miss the game. Or someone try to trade trade shift for someone to watch the Eagles game, which isn't going to happen because the person I try to sh- trade shift with was an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. But then that eight fifteen night game, that's where I have the advantage. I'm done work seven, get home easily by seven thirty, seven forty five the latest. So uh, that's where I have the. Advantage. I I would like to actually. That's a great call. I would like to second that. I have a pen game at two p.m. and I was petrified it was going to be one of the early, the early game. Uh, that day, but well, I mean, I, I yes. followed the same formula when when the Bucks had their playoff game against Dallas. I had a game that early that Monday, but it was a, a noon game, one o'clock game, so I was home in plenty of time. So let that serve as a warning that just because y'all have off, don't mean it's something you want to watch. Because I was well, home I, in plenty I worked, of time. I worked when we got waxed by the Bucks last last year, so it, it didn't work that way. So. <laughs> I, I hear you, I hear you. But let's let's dive into y'all taking on the Giants at home. Um, because like, you know, third, third time around and week, I think we talked about this last week, right? Yeah. That, that dreaded third time around is not really great in the playoffs. So, so where do you guys, you guys have the advantage? Yeah, I, well, first and foremost, maybe I'll look like an idiot for saying this, play this back in a week or so. There is 0% chance that Daniel Jones can beat this Eagles defense when it's fully healthy. And I know that, you know, what the Eagles have really hung their hat on all years, their ability to take away the ball, 
Uh, and then when that kind of went away towards the second half of the year is when they started to lose some games. And what I would point to is CJ Gardner's now back. Um, mm-hmm. He, I think when, I'm pretty sure when he left, he led the, he was uh, the lead leader in interceptions. Leader I still think, I, I think he's still like second or third. Like I think he's still up there for what it's um, worth. So I think, you know, you look at how the the Giants really like to run the ball. They're a top five running team, rushing yards and touchdowns. So, like, they like to run the ball. The Eagles are great against the run. So, I mean, it's a matchup made for the Eagles to win. Pressure Daniel Jones into a few mistakes. Get ahead in the turnover margin. uh, Let the Eagles be able to run their normal offense where – they can run the ball or pass the ball against, you know, whatever the look may be. So, I mean, I know that, as you said, the Giants are a team you can't really turn the other cheek to. Like, oh, this is an easy win because they've done it before. But it just feels like a really easy win. I don't know. I, I Like, I look at the Giants roster and, like, who am I afraid of? And it's like, yeah, Saquon's good. Daniel Jones is okay. But, like, their receivers, like, I'm not. I'm not scared of them passing on us at all. Um, I, if we, I. The only thing I'm scared of is hurts. Maybe a shoulder injury is like a, way worse than they said, and like he can't throw accurately. But even with that, I still think we can run the ball enough to beat the Giants because the Giants were the worst rushing defense in the NFL by DVOA. The the it's. We dominated them on the ground in New York, and I know the Giants have improved a lot since that game. But the Giants, well, their win over Minnesota was the game between two teams that are mediocre, and they won the battle of the mediocre teams. And congrats on the Giants for having like a great turnaround season. Brian Dable, great job. Daniel Jones, great job. It doesn't make sense for them to be playing for the Super Bowl in a week. That, that's it's hard to wrap your head around that Daniel Jones will be, putting will be playing for, for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Bowl. I, I, yeah, but, but, but like a Daniel couple Jones, years ago, Darius I, Slayton, like yeah, but a, a couple years ago, if I would have told you that like Jimmy G was was playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl, like what would you have said before no, before before everything came out? Yeah, like, but the, the Niners were the, the Niners were the one seed that year, so because like they had an incredible defense Two and like a, so like the Giants don't have an incredible defense like they have had in their far gone Super Bowl runs right. of the Eli days. Like it's this is a great bounce back season for them, but unless some fluky stuff happens, I don't see I don't see a way the Eagles really lose this game. I know I said like I did say there's zero percent chance they win the game. Somehow Matt giving out congratulations on a great year before the game has been played. I know, I know. That's not, good, that's not good juju. That's not good juju. That's <laughs> I mean, not I good it. juju. I love it. But I, I'm like, maybe this is going to be a really bad episode to listen back to. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not good juju. But, I mean, I, I hear where your confidence comes from because on paper, especially on the offensive end, on paper is like it, it, you guys have a, a clear disparity when it comes to your offense versus your or versus their defense. Um, and it, it shows up all over the field. I mean, uh, oh, you know, you guys ran the ball at will against the Giants this year over two games, averaging 35 points a game, averaging 194 rushing yards per game. You led the NFL in rushing this year. And then on the other side, like you have this defensive scheme that matches up with the Giants offense really well. The Giants were bottom 10 in passing yards, 
uh, passing attempts and passing TDs. You guys are top five in rushing yards and TDs as a defense. Like it's it's just on paper. Like I see where the confidence comes from. I do because on paper there's there's a huge disparity. But this is just in the NFL playoffs, or sometimes you have to throw, you know, ca- kind of norms and and throw patterns out the window if if it comes to that. Like if you guys kind of jump on them early and play your scheme of ball, you know, you guys kind of have a command of the game. But it's you know, it's it, NFL playoffs, man. This is this is a franchise that disrupts. Like of all like the disrupting franchise, like we've at least seen the G men disrupt the status quo in the playoffs before. That's just for what that is worth. You know what I mean? Not yeah, but no thing, one's but... left from that. That's just I like mean, Dave's far gone. Yeah, Dave, you know you're yeah, yeah. That's the stories your grandpa tells you. No, I I I do I do hear that. But the the so there's no nothing that gives you guys pause, nothing that gives you guys worry. From the Giants' end, because there's another football team over there, a team who played well this season. Like on the Giants' end, there's nothing that gives you guys any kind of worry going into this game. Well, I, I've made the worries I have are not like this matchup. Like the one matchup that is not a great one is uh, the Eagles have the number one pass defense by DVOA, but they are 21st against running backs. And Saquon, while this year hasn't been the best, hasn't had his best receiving year, obviously is capable of pulling out. Like a nine catch, one hundred eleven like yard game, um, so that's something we have to key in on. But I think I trust, I trust our defense to pick up on that. But the other thing is like Brian Dable doing some like, uh, like trick playoff play stuff, like a fake punt that catches up. Like I think they need to steal points and doing like a fake punt, getting a like defensive touchdown or a special teams touchdown. Those are my worries about like how we lose the game, mm-hmm. and it's not like one specific thing. It's just the combination of weird things that can happen in an NFL game is my, my only real worry. My only worry is that someone could get hurt for the entire post, like for the rest of the year, which I mean, no, probably let, will yeah, happen. Let's, do not let happen. your mind go down. Yeah, don't let your mind go down that path. Terrible mind. Terrible I mean, that's the only thing I could injury. potentially be worried about, which is why I said I'm, um, you know. Not worried about it. I think that's mm-hmm. in itself is what you should be worried about. That you can't find her face to be worried about. Like, that's correct? No, playoff, I agree. I like, agree. that's not a playoff football team over. Like, that's just not oh, to me. That's just not good karma. So, not a playoff quarterback. Really? Because yeah. because we you've got you've oh, got really. no you've got no no seriously you've you've got no like kind of positive words for how Daniel Jones has played at least the back half of the season. Like, you've got you've got no kudos for him. You've got no tip of the cap. I have you've got kudos. For him. I think he's got kudos Smith. for him. And Alex Smith. I think he's Mitch Trubisky. I think he's, he's Mitch way, Trubisky no, with he's a little bit better, better with a he's little bit better, better decision better making and a little better athleticism. But like, he's come Mitch on, Trubisky what are we with a little better everything. He's better than Mitch Trubisky. What are we talking about here, Daniel Jones? We're gonna see because I I think he's up. To, he's due to get some form of contract this offseason. Mm-hmm. I think they could potentially franchise tag him. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure after the game, maybe or maybe this offseason about who we think could, but. I would be terrified of looking at uh, paying how much for Daniel Jones at quarterback, even on a franchise tag. I, I don't know. Tough, tough for me. It's always tough to have these discussions because you guys refuse to see it objectively. No, so I gave Daniel to, Jones my award for like shout out under, under like, I gave him my award for like under, like, like the guy no one's talking about had a great year. Right. right, right. I, I, I like Daniel cool. Jones on Dave Hall's system. Uh, as an Alex Smith type, and they don't really—I don't think they have a lot of options this offseason. Like, if you're going to get a new quarterback, you're going to have to pay Derek Carr a lot of money, or like you might as well like 
is that really that much of an improvement? But that's a whole different argument. Yeah, it's a, it's a this is a tough argument for us to have because on paper there's a clear advantage to the Eagles everywhere, and I think that goes to your point beautifully, Matt. Of when when everything is on paper towards one team, the other team's got to do it like do something to steal the game in, in a sense, and that's where you're where you're talking about you know a special teams you know takeaway or a big turnover or you know, winning the turnover, something like that, where you got to flip the game on its head. That's what the, where the Giants have to do. And they haven't been doing that this season. It's not something that the Giants kind of have been hanging their hat on. There's not any kind of point in the season where you can point to and be like, look, look where they kind of stole games this way during the season. It's been kind of straight up wins. And if you're going to play them straight up, I, you know, it's probably going to be a loss to the Eagles in the playoffs this time around. The, um, another thing that worries me just from a, their due perspective is, since 2000, after the, we lost to the Giants in 08 in the first game, and then since that, and then we beat them the second game, beat them in the playoffs. And since that time, we've had, I don't know the record, but it's like this incredible record against the Giants. It's like something like 25 and four or something. And that's going to correct itself at some point. Like we took, we were like 20 games back in like the all time head to head. And now we have like a four game lead on them. They haven't won a game in Philadelphia since Matt Barkley had to fill in as a backup in 2013. Um, Like it's, I don't like. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. 
Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This I that I feel like Eagles fans, including myself, have gotten complacent about the Giants because we've beaten them so many times Matt, that when they do beat us, it's going to be it's going to be like a it would make sense for it to be like a huge just knockout punch to the jaw. I hear oh you. Oh my gosh, the job we hate the Giants. We forgot because we beat them so many times. But I mean, what when have the Giants went on playoff runs? Have they have they in, in all our recent memory, have they went on playoff runs when they've been the higher seed? Have they been on playoff runs when they've been favorited? Have they been on play, you know what I mean? Like the only time the Giants have gone on these playoff ones runs is when everyone's talking about them just how you're talking about them right now. No, no chance. But no, there's I mean, no but also in 2011. The Giants had an elite quarterback and Eli. Yeah, he was by far his best season and a great D line, um, but not as good as 07. 07, they had a great defense. There's nothing, uh, there's no realm of this team that's an elite section. So that, like, it's hard to make a title game when you don't have one part of your team that stands out as one of the best in the league. And the Giants don't have that. Not the best in the league in rushing the quarterback, not the best in the league in protecting the quarterback. They're not the best in the league in rushing the ball. They're good at rushing the ball, um, but they're not like they're dominant. Not here, they're here, now here you go trying to downplay Saquon again. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for you to I'm get not, to the running back. I'm waiting for you to get they, to the running they're, back. They're, they're, that's their best <laughs> attribute, but it's not <laughs> like the Eagles do it so much better. Like I trust a lot of teams rushing more than the Giants rushing. Look, let me leave it. At, let me leave it at this here. You can combat, I think, a skill gap with a like just random variance like luck bounces with the ball, stuff like that happens all the time in football. And I think, you know, game planning, scheming can work around skill. A gap in physicality is much harder to do those things and have those things impact. And I think that's exactly what the Eagles have, not only on the offensive line, which is why they run the ball at will, but on the defensive line as well with one of the better defensive lines. So like, what are the, come on. Like, I, th- there is, maybe they have a... There's no game in the playoffs. It, it's like, right, they're, they're in the game. game. In That's the why they have a chance. They're in the game. If you would have told me, hey, pick out before the playoffs begin, here's a list of teams. How many of these teams do you think could beat so the Eagles? Cocky. They're y'all not on the list. You made me so this way. This is I mean, the number one seed. Uh, who? I you. made you this way? Yeah, I yeah. made you this way. Well, I made you this way. Well, oh, the Giants could win. The Gi- I'm trying to give the Giants They can chance. win. This the is Giants a playoff game. Like, if they win, then, like, Matt, get your boy. Matt, get your boy. Who could win? Matt, get your boy. Jacksonville's going to smoke Kansas City by 50. Matt, get your boy. Like, that, Jacksonville that is beat, a better chance of happening. Wait, wait. Jacksonville beat Kansas City this year? Did Jacksonville no. beat Kansas City there? But we didn't. Hmm? No. <laughs> Matt, get your boy. And the last time the so the Eagles and Giants have played playoff games in 08, 06, and 81. Eagles won 08, 06. In 81, the Eagles finished number one in DVOA. We're the defending NFC champions. And we went down 21 nothing because of like uh we missed a, a kickoff return. They were covered in the end zone for like a touchdown. We fumbled another one, and like we and we and the Giants were like below average in DVOA. So that could be a that was in Philly too. So it, weird stuff can happen. It's the NFL playoffs, man. And this I'm is- nervous that we've beaten the Giants too many times. And 
like just... over this this run of beating the Giants all the time is like it's been great, but it's like man, it's gonna come to an ugly close at some point, and I really just hope it's not this game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. I'll get y'all off the hook for now. We'll move to our next game slated to talk about. That's the Cowboys at the 49ers. The previous meeting this year, the 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17. to 17. Dallas were three-point favorites, but lost in incredible fashion by the end of the game. And Dak not remembering to call a timeout, not getting a timeout off. It was real tragic. No, they call it could be draws with no timeouts. With yeah, like just, eight just, seconds left. That's just, just, uh, it's just a, a terrible thing to go down. So now we come back. They have a, a rematch in in California at San Francisco where the Niners are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Cowboys. So, again, we'll take it team by team. So, Matt, you can go first. Where do the Cowboys have the advantage against the Niners before we get to the favorite of the Niners? The Cowboys have the advantage in the fact that Brock Purdy hasn't played a good pass defense all in his entire career, essentially, because it's <laughs> he's a rookie he's played <laughs> yeah, yeah. six games. But, like, he's never, like, at the highest ranked, Past defense he's played in DVOA is uh, the Commanders who ranked 13th, and like Seattle's like 18th, and there's another team that was like 15th. But like he hasn't played a good pass defense, and he's actually playing that. So the like he's really gonna be tested with wonky looks that are gonna that could throw him off. Trayvon Diggs could definitely jump a like confuse like this is where Trayvon Diggs is like a all pro type player when you have an inexperienced mm-hmm. quarterback. Um, Cause he can just, yeah, I could see a pick six happening. And also I think the giant, the 49ers are being a little overrated. There's like this, like people like really overreacted to them blowing out the Seahawks. Like the Seahawks weren't like this incredible team. Like if this was like an, if this was two years ago, that game wouldn't have happened and they would have had a buy and Seattle would miss the playoffs. Like it's, they they were losing like they were losing at halftime. Seattle had the ball like late in the third quarter in the red zone with a chance to take the lead, and then the 49ers took control of the game. So like I like they're not this invincible juggernaut. They're really good, but when people play well, that you can beat them. Mahomes when they played the Chiefs lit them up 423 yards, three touchdowns, and they put up 44 points. Um, Dak is in Mahomes. We're talking about the Chiefs. No, no, but my my I, my theory about the Cowboys is that their peak is just as good as everyone else's peak, but they, they don't hit it nearly as often. So they're just inconsistent. So like, if Dak has like a great Dak game, like he did against the Eagles on Christmas Eve, the Cowboys absolutely could win this game. Like I, the, it's. It, it wouldn't surprise me much at all if the Cowboys won this game, considering the 49ers quarterback is a guy who has six career starts and they're playing a Cowboys team that can look like the best team in the league sometimes. I would say you, I personally like, and I hate to always make it about Jimmy G, but I do think back to like this exact scenario last year Mm-hmm. Dallas is actually this time the favorite team coming in to last year's game. And, you know, Jimmy G was able to put that one right to bed without really doing. I mean, it's it was the typical San Francisco offense playoff game. You protect the ball, you get the ball to your playmakers. And there's no reason in my mind, maybe I am being defensive because I don't want to see Dallas make the NFC championship game, but 
I don't see why they can't do exactly what they have done for years upon years with the Kyle Shanahan offenses, especially considering compared to last year, they now have Christian McCaffrey in the fold, which is another one of those playmakers, take it off your quarterback's hands and let someone else win the game for you. You look, I comp- I add that to the fact that San Fran's defense has been insane this year. Joey or Nick Bosa, excuse me, has actually been uh, like, I guess AV is something that football reference denotes like player value. And usually it's the quarterback who is leads the team in AV. It was Nick Bosa this year. It's how good he was. Also helps that there's three different quarterbacks. So um, eight games out of their 17, San Fran's allowed less than 14 points. I have a hard time believing that a team, like you said, Matt, has that has in Dallas that is a very high peak, but really has no control over when they reach that peak. I call that a fluke, right? When you have no control over, hey, that really, something really good happened, but it, it was unbeknownst to me that it, it, that it happened. You know, no, nothing that I did. So, look, Dallas is a team, unlike New York, that I think that's a very solid, respectable playoff team. Easily could come out of this. I would not be surprised if they come out of this game and get a hard-fought win. I believe it's going to be a defensive battle that allows Purdy to basically play within himself. You don't have to air it out. You can kind of be Brock Purdy, be the Niners, and still win. That's how I see it going down. And and I I, I think they do need to to do a little bit more than that. But when I when I look at Dallas, is like this this is a a team that's going up against one of the, and some people might say the best team. Well, we also league, need you know? to mention kickers just because of what Maher did. Yeah. 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 So like, if it's I don't know if that'll game, ever happen again. If it's a close game, Robbie Gold has literally never missed a postseason kick in his entire I career. Say, before Brett Maher, but before Maher Brett Maher missed. pissed the bed, I mean, before he pissed the bed, he was solid. No, but, like, when, but when a kicker has the yips, it's like they're done. Yeah, he like, was 40 pounds. Kicker, that was kicker, incredible. Kickers are, kickers are fickle. That was, I know there was some degenerate out there who had four consecutive missed kicks parlayed. There's no way you could. Uh, those... no, you but uh, here's, here's what I see from Dallas's offense and how they, they could get on kind of the front foot against San Francisco. One, I think they need to. Like if they come out stumbling the gates, you know, like they did in Tampa, that, that's a team that's actually going to take advantage of that and not you know, kind of allow them to spin the wheels and then get going. But once they did get going in that Tampa game, we saw Dak command an offense as well as I've seen him command an offense this season. Wasn't, wasn't beating a world-beating defense, but was absolutely commanding offense and, and getting into a rhythm as well as we've seen him uh, this season. And he's, he's done it against good defense this, you know, this past year. Christmas Eve carved up the number one defense in the league. Um, so as, as if they can get to that rhythm, if they allow Dak to get into that rhythm against the 49ers defense, I think it puts the 49ers defense and the 49ers as a whole kind of on the back foot on, on their back heels. If Dallas is able to do that, there's how, there's how they, they jump out in front. They jump out to kind of like the, the upper hand and get the win. But it's, it's all about those early drives and those early possessions. If they come out and kind of spin their wheels like they, get, they did against Tampa, it goes awry. But we've seen Dak and his offense be able to come out, swing first, connect, and kind of get out on the front foot. If they do that, they put themselves in as good of a chance as, as any to win this football game. But I think the early possessions are going to be pivotal for Dallas. You cannot come out and spin your wheels like you did against Tampa. It's not gonna, you're not going to win that way. 
Yeah, like uh, Seattle scored 17 points in the first half. Like this isn't like an unstoppable like 2013 Seahawk defense. Like so, I I think low scoring is de- it's definitely possible. But Dallas should score at if they want to win. I think they need to score like 27. And I would be really surprised. It, I think Dallas would be like really disappointed if they scored less than 20. Yeah. I've heard the argument that the 49ers defense hasn't been overly tested this season. And if you look at, you know, the, the best three quarterbacks by passer rating that they played this year, it's Tua, Patrick Mahomes, and Gino. Now, Pat Mahomes threw for 423 and three TDs. So, you know, absolutely torched them. But you're looking at kind of Tua and Geno Smith as, you know, two guys who aren't setting the world on fire, right? So it's, you know, that that's their three best quarterbacks in terms of statistics that they've played this year. So everyone's kind of looking at their performance as a whole in a, in a vacuum and not really breaking it down. And when you break it down, there, there's, you know, it's not, you're not going up against what's perceived to be like a stonewall of a defense or a juggernaut of a defense, just maybe a defense who hasn't been overly tested that much this season. And when they did run up against a, a quarterback who can sling it, they got 400 put up on them. So to be we'll fair, that they've won every game since that game. So. Sure. I'm yeah, I'll push back on that. The da- sure. I think uh, San Francisco, you could make the case that they have the most informed defense right now in terms of like how well they're playing, how well the players individually, and maybe there there have been some results. I know, you know, 23 points against the Seahawks, 34 points that they let up against the Raiders a couple weeks ago, maybe pop off the page. But when it comes down to playmakers, you know, you have Hafanga who was an all pro. Uh, safety, you've obviously got Bosa. You've got a lot of guys who fill in along the line as well. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's, I'm going to be really intrigued because if Dallas comes out and is able to dominate, or not dominate, but they're able to, here's what I'll say. If they're able to put up 28 points or more against the Niners and obviously win and go on to the next game, assuming, you know, I'm an Eagles fan, we win this game, and then the NFC Championship game is Dallas versus Eagles, I would be concerned. Okay, I would so be concerned in that. But I don't think they're going to, I, I think they're going to be stymied here. Well, they, so like, let's stay on that then. Let's, let's stay on the, the, the Niners point, kind of where they have, kind of the biggest advantages. Um, and then it, obviously it starts with their defense. I do want to talk about their offense a little bit because I think we saw, we're seeing great thing and Brock Purdy needs to be talked about. But the defense obviously is where the 49ers kind of put their front foot, right? And it's, we sh- they should be able to stop the run without packing the, packing the box, it, presumably. Number two and yards per rest of the season, Dallas is sixth most in rushing attempts. So that's, re- like, I think, if, if the 49ers want to really get on the front foot, like make Dak beat you. I know it's, it's kind of like a, you know, that, that's testy, but you got to take his safety net of his running backs away. Then he, then you make Dak go out and sling it for 400, 450 yards. And I, if that's the only way the Cowboys can beat you, I think that's where the Niners recipe for success lies. And if you watch, I don't want to reference the game too much. And I'm the only one that can reference this game. Let's just put it out there nationally. Not that, just yeah, us, everyone. Any, anybody. Stop talking anybody. about it. Cut it off the tube. But if you go back to that, the, the Buccaneers-Cowboys playoff game in the wild card round, Dak came out looking sloppy. Like, Dak did not come out looking good. Looked like it made maybe some nerves, what, it, what have you. But then once the running game got established, once pressure got taken off on them, and once they got a takeaway, and, and pressure was off of Dak, then you saw Dak kind of a, a switch almost flipped, and he looked different. If the Niners keep that pressure on Dak, make Dak be the one to beat you, I think that may be the rest their recipe for success right there. I, w- I want to like stand up nose to nose to Dak and be like, be, be that big bad man. Go ahead, be that $200 million quarterback that you held out to be. Go and beat the number one defense in the, in the NFL right now. Come on. I, I, want I, think the, I think the problem with that strategy is you're, it's almost like flipping a coin. But not no no because the Niners have the have the presumably the best defense in the NFL. It'd be flipping a coin if they weren't a, a, an all world defense. But this is no, like I'm, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about Dak playing well is flipping a coin basically. So if you make the entire I game mean, about if Dak plays well, then oh it's going to be a tough one. Then like so, I, and I think it's kind of a little unfair to do that to Dak when like Brock Purdy is playing the team that led the league in takeaways. Like this guy, I, 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 like, I'm so befuddled by this Brock Purdy thing. <laughs> you, you've been waiting for no Brock Purdy way, to struggle. You've got no been way this, this has to end stat at beater. some point. Stat beater. He's a, he's. Hey, we don't have Matt. We haven't come across too many stat beaters <laughs> on this four years that we've been doing this podcast. 
Brock may be like number three, four on your list of like he's just a stat, he's just a stat beater. Like, he like just, no rookie qu- quarterback has ever made a Super Bowl, let alone won one. And like if you look at their stats in like conference title games, which we might do next week if the 49ers win, like it's shockingly hard. Like they're really bad stats. And there are some like Hall of Famers in that group. It's like Roethlisberger's there, like others. But Purdy, uh, the fact this is his biggest test for me that he's playing a team with a really good defense and a very experienced veteran defensive coach and mm-hmm. Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. The like, I I I really think there's going to be a really dumb pick somewhere. I do, I do think that's funny because I can definitely see that from somebody because the defenses are so good. But this is like, am I the only one? Well, I don't like, mean exciting? like a good defensive play pick. Oh, like a bad, I mean like completely bad. confused by the defense. Well, oh the, my gosh, that's a bad kind thing of same thing. Yeah, kind of the same thing though. Like the scheme confused them. Either way, the defense beat the offense. But am I the only one kind of excited for like the matchup on the sidelines, like from? Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans and, I mean, I, I guess Kellen Moore and, and Dan Quinn, but really you're highlighting Dan Quinn. But it, the, the scheme on the scheme, because everyone's waiting for Brock Purdy to have a big game. Like, I think this is where Kyle Shanahan has a big game. But let's not forget the play caller of the 49ers is, to, is my favorite play caller in the NFL, but one of the most creative play callers this league has to offer. And I think he's going to need to bring out all of that creativeness to kind of help his young quarterback because this is a defense that he hasn't seen yet. Number one turnover defense in the NFL, third and pass defense DVOA, and Brock Purdy, it's his first opponent that has a top 10 pass defense in the league. It's a, a defense that Brock Purdy has not seen. And we talked about the level of teams that he's played. He's on a 6-0 run. Great for him. But this is a team and a veteran defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn and playmakers all over the field that he's not seen before. So this is Kyle Shanahan's game to me. Yeah, like this I, is the I, ultimate scheme game for Kyle Shanahan. Also, Kyle Shanahan has a history of really doing, having really bad postseason collapses. We mentioned last year's game where Dallas collapsed at the end. Dallas only had the opportunity to collapse because the 49ers collapsed by, by letting them back in. The 49ers dominated that game from the jump. And then they just played like wildly conservative and let the Cowboys have the ball with a chance it's to a, win. It's a playoff game. And <laughs> no, but and then they score like no points against Green Bay the next week. They went on a special teams and they blow. You mean the, you mean the game in Green Bay that was like ten degrees? Like, yeah, I, but that game that game no, in Green, Bay, Green Bay had like, twenty points. Kyle Shanahan in the playoffs is a very checkered history. He blew a lead uh, to the Rams in the NFC title game. He blew a lead in the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, and he is the who I blame the most for the twenty-eight to three debacle. Well, he, so you're, he gets you're also really just cute and conservative and gets tight in tight playoff situations, and he's got to overcome that. But you're also just naming his bad because it's also the same guy who's taken. Like, no, but we know about the good. I view Kyle Shanahan cool. like you look at a girl who's like a 10 out of 10, perfect 10 out of 10, and then you find out she's an incessant smoker that smokes two packs a day. Like you're not a 10 out of 10 until you quit. 
Like Kyle Shanahan's not a. I don't think Kyle Shanahan's a two and, pack a day smoker. Like that, stops, those are his flaws. Two packs a day. Like what? Like what is Kyle Shanahan doing? Crazy done? chokes going on though, dude. Like what? Like, what? Cra- no, I guess that's what it is. I'm like, where's the connection? There, that's what it is. There's crazy three, chokes. Like there's three blown ten point blown leads in the fourth quarter of Super Bowl history, and he was in two, and he was in charge of the offense of two of them. Like that's rough. And he is uh, is offense is offense really the biggest blame for a big blown lead? It's a component, but uh, am I I blaming the offense? How many points did the Falcons score after they led twenty eight to three? But how many points (laughs) did the Falcons give up after they led? No, 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 but but, but they had the ball in field goal range where they win the Super Bowl. I I hear you. They snapped the ball with the play clock at like twelve seconds. I, I remember. I remember the play, but like, but like. The the a blown twenty eight three to three. I'm not going to blame the offense first and foremost for a blown twenty eight to three lead. Like yes, you didn't score any more points. Bad on you. But um, your defense you just let up twenty five straight points. We had the game in the bag. Like I, I I hear you. Um, but I but I do think this is where I just think this is where Kyle Shanahan shines. Like this is his creativity is ultimate to the max now. So here we go. Both teams got some postseason baggage. I'm just saying. No, oh, they they definitely do. We are gonna move on to the AFC side of things in this playoff picture because we have the Jaguars fresh off a hell of a playoff win uh, going to the Chiefs for a big test earlier this year. The Chiefs beat the Jags 27 to 17 in week 10, even despite losing the turnover battle uh, three to zero, Kansas City even got to a win and kind of like those those weird fluky turnovers from Patrick Mahomes. Was was that one of the left-handed ones that he threw? Like, you know, it just... He threw one weird. pick for that game, and then there were two fumbles. Yeah, weird, weird plays. But uh, we go on Jacksonville riding all of the momentum going into this KC game, and then Kansas City is who we know they are. So we'll start uh, We'll start on the Kansas City side of things. I feel like that's a little easier to kind of dissect as to why they may have the advantage. So, Jake, why do the Chiefs, where do the Chiefs have the advantage? I don't want to say everywhere. I don't think the answer is everywhere. It's close it, to everywhere. It, look, it, it, it's pretty much, look, pretty much even like coaching. Like, it's pretty much everywhere, right? It, really, everywhere you look, you would say on paper, they probably have at least, it's at least like a push. I mean, offensively, they've been out of their mind, which they've been for like a really long time. They make a living. They've made, Patrick Mahomes has made a career off of crushing teams like this. Um yeah, I I mean we could we could dive in after the break after their bye. Kansas City's as mentioned went nine and one. Uh, they've scored over thirty points as a team eight times. And they've only scored under three touchdowns, twenty one points three times in three games this year. They can score like they're going to score on you. And luckily, the only I think saving grace in that is that Jacksonville's not built to stop you. They didn't get in off yeah. stopping people. They got in off of being able to put the ball in the end zone and yeah, doing it in, score in bunches. You. So if I were to pick, you know, one thing, that w- that might be it. But when I look at the Chiefs, you know, you've been here. You have – this is no different. This is no more difficult than any game they played on any of their Super Bowl runs. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I just think it's, it's tough one. to – Name one. Name one. And, and I think this is – Andy Reid is seven and zero at home in the divisional round in his playoff career. But like, I really think this is the feel good story of Jacksonville. This is just like the final page of it, right? Like, the, you know what I mean? You pulled yourself the out of the AFC. 
Yeah, you pulled your hey, we're coming, they're coming from worse than where the Giants were, bro. Let's not remember where this team was last year. The like, Giants this, were the worst team in football from 2018 to 2021. This, this is this is just like the end of might be 2017, 2021, but yeah. The kind of like the end of the turmoil for Jacksonville. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, or the or the I'm sorry that I, I worded that wrong, but this is like the like the, the turmoil is over, and this is the turning of the page in Jacksonville. But like that doesn't start with like a Super Bowl run. You got to the divisional round of the playoffs. Great job. But like it's it's kind of like, you know, this is this is where that kind of ultimately comes to an end. Because I where Kansas City has all the advantages are tangible points. You know, offense, defense, wherever. Where Jacksonville has <laughs> where Jacksonville has the advantages like abstract points. Like they have momentum and belief. And no pressure and hoorah. Yeah. hoorah! yeah, and no, but yeah, that's that's where Jacksonville has has only. No one clowns on Jacksonville if we lose this game, twenty-seven no. to ten. You, you did you did a good job, but maybe maybe belief in maybe in, in belief in the, in the good Lord above. You know what I mean? Maybe faith, because Doug, I know Doug Peters is a big man of faith, and I believe Andy Reid's a Mormon, right? So maybe like ultimate faith is what like what they got on their side. I I do point back though. So these two teams did play in Week Ten, Jacksonville. Lost 27 to 17, but digging in a little deeper to the game, like we talk about Jacksonville being able to just jump you, like all of a sudden it's pouring out. And when you look at that game, Kansas City, it was 20 to nothing uh, with like 50 seconds left in the second half. They kick the ball to uh, Jacksonville. They go down the entire field, score. They recover a, I'm not sure if it was an onside kick or if it was just a fumble on the kickoff. I think it was an onside kick. Uh, they miss a field goal, which would have brought them within ten, and then they go on a ten-minute drive to start the next uh, to start the half, which only ends in three points. So if you convert all of those, you're looking at like a very like a much much different game where they are in very much in that game against Kansas City, and then you go from there. I mean, that kind of speaks against what we were talking about as to the high-scoring game. I think you you make adjustments off that, and again, I think that points to being a little more high scoring. But I we say all this to say anything is possible with Doug Peterson at the head coach. I mean, the, the way the the culture that he builds within his teams to like always believe in themselves. We're not we're not down, we're not out until you know until the game's over. We're and, not going to quit. And, and and then what's what's let's play fun fantasy land time because what's the what are the chances? Probably close to zero. But like, what are the chances that? If Jacksonville just leans into this offensive game, says screw defense altogether, I'm not worried about really stopping the Chiefs. I'm just, it's tip for tat time. Like it's when we get the ball, we score. That's all we can worry about. What what are the chances that Jacksonville turns on the Jets and like out and is able to either keep pace or outpace the Chiefs? Like, is that is that something that works? Is that something that happens? They can't win the game like that. They need a, again, they, like, I'm with the whole Giants Eagles point. They need a mm-hmm. fluke score somehow. Um, like they they can't win like they did against Dallas against Kansas City because Kansas City is too disciplined. Like yeah. that's a similar thing where like they went down and like they they got it was thirty four thirty four at the end of regulation like and like they kept it up. But that's not Kansas City is too disciplined for that to happen. Yeah. Like and again, Kansas City like they had the fluke game in the divisional round already. Like in the Mahomes era, where they went down twenty-four nothing to Houston, and then they led that at halftime, despite being down twenty-four nothing. Like, yeah, so if, if if like there's like some shocking weird stuff that happens early in the game, like 
Mahomes is still going to come back and do it. Like yeah. this, when they when the Chiefs lose in the playoffs, they lose to teams that are at their talent level, and the Jaguars are not there. Yeah, for for what it's worth, just to to put it down for a fact, um, I think the the one place that the Jaguars maybe can exploit the Chiefs somewhere is with the tight end position, and Evan Ingram, you know, seems to be unlocked late in the season during this Jags winning streak. He's placed 132 targets, 105 receptions, 1,292 yards, and seven uh, TDs. The Chiefs are 19th in DVOA against tight ends. There, there's a spot that you're going to kind of pick to, to throw your best punch, and, and maybe that's it. And, and we saw Evan Ingram have a dynamic wild card round. So if that's one place that maybe the Jags point to or, or try to exploit in the Chiefs and, and catch them lacking somewhere, it's that tight end position. And for what it's worth, that may turn something on its head. And just to answer, you know, if there is any shot or any angle they could shoot to win this game, the fact that Doug Peterson is super familiar with Andy Reid's offensive system, 100% helps their defense without a doubt. And like, obviously within the flow of a game, Andy Reid, masterful play caller. I don't know how much it really matters. You could know what they're running and it still might not matter with the talent they have. No, because if they come out and go and ring around the rosy, like what, what are you supposed to do with that? When a team, what I call timeout. Like, no, no, sir, no, 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 Jake. Exactly, exactly. There is no way you are going to run a schoolyard game on my defense and score a touch. Not on my, not on my team. I don't care if it's the last timeout we got. I don't care. You're not going to do that on me. I got too much pride. I got way too much pride. Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But we will move on to the last game that we got to dissect. The Bengals at the Bills. Um, and of course, uh, the teams, the last time these two teams met, they didn't finish their game because of the tragic incident that happened uh, with Bills defensive back DeMar Hamlin. But they, they get a, a rematch, so to speak, of this game. And for what it's worth, it's, it's two teams that are uh, just riding all sorts of highs right now um, in the Bengals and the Bills. So, Matt, I'll let you go first. Where we're... The, the, I mean, you could pick where the Bengals or the Bills really have the advantage of this game because this is the biggest toss-up game of this week. I disagree that they're both riding highs. I okay. think I think they both really underperformed in their wildcard round. I know the only job is to get the win. I hear you. But the Bengals um, needed a fluke 14-point touchdown with the whole like fumble at the goal line, run it back, 14-point mm-hmm. swing touchdown to take the lead in the fourth quarter um, against a backup quarterback at home. And the Bills almost lost to Skylar Thompson and gave up 31 points. It's like Skylar Thompson. I know one of them was a fumble touchdown. It's like Skylar Thompson having was like 15 for 42, like had a horrible game. Like you'd expect a third string quarterback to be. And I, I just think that I trust Cincinnati more. I view Buffalo's performance more negatively than I view Cincinnati's. Really, Cincinnati was playing the team they played literally the previous week. Um, Buffalo had no excuse in that game being close because I don't think the Dolphins played well. And everyone's talking about this great um, winning streak that the um, 49ers are on. The Bengals are on a similar winning streak. They were 4-4 four and four and haven't lost since. So the Bengals, like, they're going to – in their down game, they still won. I, I, I really think I'm actually, I'm going to, I'm just going to say that I'm going to pick Cincinnati to win this game outright. I think Josh Allen's turned the ball over too much. I trust Burrow at the moment more than I trust Allen. Um, And and I I just think, I, I really think that turnovers are going to be the detriment of Josh Allen and the Bills because you can't, turn the ball over this much and win a title. Like it's going to come out back to bite you. Um, I, I do hear you make a, a lot of excellent points, but I, I do want to say one name because this guy seems to come alive at this time of year in the playoffs. Jake, our guy, Gabe Davis. I'm about to shine the Gabe Davis light. Here it goes because this, this is the time of year where this man loves to come alive and he's, he's playing a defense that is susceptible uh, to doing that. The Bengals ranked 31st in DVOA against wide receiver twos. Why? Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's literally why. Eli Apple and Gabriel Davis picks this time of year to play some of his best ball. And, I, and it's not a coincidence, right? You go into the playoffs and a lot of defenses are going to take away your number one option or make your number one option hard to come by. And I think all things considered, the Bills have one of the most sound number two options at wide receiver and Gabriel Davis, and a guy who's popped off 
in regular season games and playoff games who's been known to do this, they are very okay going to that second option. And then once you start hitting them in the side like that, you're going to make their hands go down. Like you're going to make their, for a boxing reference, you're going to make their hands go down and start protecting these other things around you, these other secondary ancillary options. And then that's when a Stefan Diggs rears his head. That's when a Dawson Knox rears his head, when they start turning their head to the secondary ancillary options. And I think that's the method for the Bills to beat them. And I, and I do see the Bills winning this game, but they're going to have to strike with a couple jabs to Gabe Davis before they go and hit that haymaker to Stephon Diggs in the third quarter. Well, and they got to stay disciplined. In that. Uh, speaking of jabs, you know who's back in the fold there, who's Uh-oh. been looking pretty good, Uh-oh. is Mr. Cole Beasley out of the yeah. slot. Has been really said, fit. Speaking of jabs. Yeah, I knew. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> So he's 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 been a good addition to the offense for sure. And he again, as you mentioned, like Gabe Davis, I think, is the intermediate and even sometimes deep routes, you know, really sticking it to you when the when the safety is keeping his eyes on Stefan Diggs or there's bracket coverage. Gabe Davis is able to take advantage. I think Cole Beasley is another player like that in the flats. Um, I will say I've been a little concerned about how the Bills have looked. You guys know I've been on the Bills since basically mm-hmm. Jump Street. I think yeah. their defense is still everything it has been. Um, the offense and Josh Allen specifically really worry me. Remember at like the heart of hearts before Josh Allen became this mega superstar, he was a guy who would you who would, because of his athleticism, try and extend a play and cost you the game. He put the ball on the ground three times, not even the two, don't forget the two turnovers or two interceptions mm-hmm. he threw. Fumbled the ball three times last game. If you turn the ball over and lose the turnover battle against Joe Burrow, you have a good chance of losing the game. You could you could be going home for sure, no matter how good your defense is, because that's how good at their top end the Cincy offense could be. That all being said, I think Buffalo's defense again dominates this game. We mentioned for year for weeks upon weeks last year the sack issues with Cincinnati. It's gotten better, but it hasn't gone away. We're still, but no, we're but, but still waiting for it to like really, really nip them in the bud. Like we still haven't seen it really be a detriment to them. And like it's the biggest bugaboo of this podcast. It's the it's the biggest like where stats lie. Yeah, it's it's the biggest <laughs> yeah, one. But it's the biggest this one. is where like the Bills miss Von Miller. Like they got this mm-hmm. is the game Von Miller. Like this yeah, is yeah, what they got true. Von Miller. Von Miller had eight sacks in eleven games before he went down with his knee, and the. Uh, he's still tied for the lead um, if on the team in sacks with eight. And I think just like that one play, of like because the Bills' defense is not as good as it was last year. Uh, Jamar Chase I, and T. Higgins could have really good games. I think, I, I think a lot of times quarterbacks, when they lose their offensive coordinator, have like a down year and then bounce back to see all their flaws when they review the offseason. And I think right now Joe Burrow is a better quarterback than Josh Allen, and I think that's why the game is going to be won by Cincinnati. Also, Joe, I just want to say it's really unfair that this game's not at a neutral site. Yeah, and we don't have to get into the whole specifics yeah. of that, but um, it's it's that's interesting. Joe Burrow better than Josh Allen because Josh Allen's peak. I don't think Joe Burrow hits Josh Allen's peak. I'm not even sure it's like all really that close and it's nothing against Joe Burrow. I think Josh Allen at his peak is an NFL 
MVP, top one or two players in the league, top one or two quarterbacks in the league. But Joe Burrow is like Joe Burrow doesn't make you ride the emotional roller coaster that Josh Allen makes you ride. And if this game hits when it's up here, when it's at its peak, it could be a much different game for the Bills. But if this game hits on one of the downswings, then you're absolutely right, Matt. Like the Bengals go on the front foot of that. Um, but one quick debate I want to have before we, we move on to our second segment, our last segment really quick. The wide receiver matchup. Wide receiver one and two for Buffalo versus wide receiver one and two for Cincy. Who you got? So you have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis over here, or you got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins over here. Who, who would you rather go to battle with as a wide receiver duo? Feel like Cincy. That's I feel tough, like Cincy's baby. the answer, Richard, and I don't Richard? feel good. At, I it's don't feel close, good about but it's saying. Cincy. Every time because I say I put, one, I, put I, I pick Diggs over. I Diggs over Chase, but Higgins is much. I'm taking more Higgins. Than yeah, I'm taking Higgins over. That, that's exactly where my mind went too. But it's like a is that almost a wash? Because are you valuing your wide receiver two over your wide receiver one at that point? I actually think that Jamar Chase is equal eyed to Stephon Diggs at this point. Like he has had, yeah, yeah. He has. You think, he, you think he's? He think he's? You, he's step for step with Stephon Diggs. So we were forgetting Stephon Diggs put up big numbers when Case Keenum was his quarterback. Hey, come on, like this is this is this is like a that, that's like a re, like people forget. I know we're reaching back in the half for that one, but I'm. I'm nah, I can't. I can't put him over Stephon. We'll right see. It'll be it's fun to be. Yo, it's fun to be. And, 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 and a year or two. No, no longer than three. It's a debate that people will be swinging at the fences for. But yeah. I think right now you got to give that to Stephon Diggs. But we will move on to the second part of our podcast, the second part at 55 minutes in. We'll move on to the second part of our podcast really quick. We're going to play some NFL matchmaker head coaches edition because we have a pool of coaches now. We're sitting out there who have either been let go, fired, or retired, however they've gone into their vacancies. And now we have about five teams in the NFL who have already listed some head coaching vacancies. So we play a little bit of matchmaker right now. So we'll go around for each team really quickly, say the coach and one sentence really as to why you'd have that coach. That Matt, we'll start with you for the Broncos, for their head coaching vacancy. Of the coaches out there now, who do you think the Broncos should go and grab? Sean Payton. Mm. Absolutely. Sean Payton can fix Russell Wilson and I think would fix Russell Wilson. It's a tough sell for Sean Payton because it's like, hey, do you want to play Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert four times a year? <laughs> but and like, do you want to compete with the Chiefs for the division every year? And that's tough. But like, you you saw Russell Wilson your entire time coaching essentially with mm. uh, New Orleans starting in 2012 when Wilson came into the league, and you played him in playoff games. Like, you've got to think. If you're something that you can get him back. Yeah. I and think, I think that's the most enticing option. I think personally, it's funny because I did go with the film familiarity route, but I think Dan Quinn's a great, great uh, candidate for this role, mainly because they already hang their hat on defense. I think he could do mm -hmm. a lot of good things with the defense and he knows Russ. I, he wasn't the offensive coach mm -hmm. and he can, but I believe he could get people to implement what they did in Seattle. And that's a, that's a great Russell Wilson if you can get it. So I would pick Dan Quinn. Yeah, I I was also gonna go with Dan Quinn. Um, for not not I like the, the the defensive route as well. Um, but you have a quarterback in Russell Wilson, like Dan Quinn was, was captain of a of a Falcons team, or I guess no, he was we decoordinated that Falcons team that went to the Super Bowl. 
No, he was a head coach of the Falcons. He was head coach, right, right. Cap, capping up that Falcons team with, with a quarterback and Matt Ryan who had an MVP season. I think Russell Wilson can kind of emulate some of the things that Matt Ryan was doing in that MVP season. I think if Dan Quinn can get back to that Russell Wilson and kind of rein him in a little bit, it's also a veteran coach speaking to a veteran uh, veteran QB. Like, I think that's stuff I've been yeah, you know what I mean? Nathaniel Hackett, like, it's your first year in the league, first year as a head coach, and you have Russell Wilson who's been around the block. Yeah, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, you need veteran on veteran to kind of speak to that, and I think that goes with it. So, um, I'm going to do that. The Cardinals are next. Jake, I'll go with you first. Who the Cardinals uh, should grab? I think, so they need a coach who really likes to, like, air it out. Let's go with Cliff Kingsbury. Oh. Oh, <laughs> no, sorry. Okay, not Cliff Kingsbury. That didn't yeah. work out. I'll go He's with the other. fan. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'll go. I'll go with the um the other coach who made a career off of getting the most out of undersized quarterbacks. I'll go with Sean Payton here. I think this is where his offensive genius could really have the most impact, especially in the new age NFL. It would be fun. That's exactly I think, why I, was I think Shane Steichen is the pick. I think you look at what the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts as and how they developed Jalen Hurts into an MVP candidate, and you want to. Get Shane Slaken to say, "Hey, do that with Tyler. He was the number one overall pick. We, we can, you can do the same thing with him." Mm-hmm. I think Shane Slaken is who the Cardinals should go after. That's cool. That's that's a good one. I'm going to go with Sean Payton as well, Jake. Pretty much for the, the same exact points you make. It's funny. I thought I was going to get a laugh with the undersized quarterback, but like I think that is like a you know what I mean. It's a there's a familiarity with that as well, and I think the creativity because I think. Like Sean Payton, let, let's not forget, implemented a guy in Taysom Hill that I'm not, I don't know if any other coach implements Taysom Hill the way, like into that offense, the way Sean Payton was able to implement it. That just speaks to the creativity. And you have one of the most creative quarterbacks in Kyler Murray and a team around him who, like when it hits on all cylinders, should be a very good team, or at least a very good offense. And I think Sean Payton can kind of unlock that and, and get the lid off of that. So I would go Sean Payton for the Cardinals as well. The Colts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The the down and out, maybe biggest surprise of the season, Colts. Matt, who you got for the Colts head coaching game? I think you need to go Brian Flores. I think if you need a culture shift there, the way they collapse at the end of the year, including the biggest collapse in NFL history points wise, blowing a 33 nothing lead, you've got to just have a guy who can. Brian Flores took over a horrible Dolphins team and won games with them somehow. And that's what the Colts need to do. Like, it's that you need a complete shift in the it's just been messy with the Wentz situation mm. and there's no real future quarterback so you don't really need an offensive guy to like groom the quarterback because there isn't one you just need like uh the guy that the locker room is going to respect and listen to and give indianapolis some um, respectable football yeah, I, I was going the same route there. Brian Flores, I think D'Amico Ryans would be another interesting candidate. But D'Amico Ryans doesn't take the job. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, I think... That may be a good point. That may be a good point. For, D'Amico for, might not even go for it. Just to add on to what you said, though, Matt, the one other thing, I would love to have Brian Flores have a top quarterback that he that is of his choosing as opposed to... Granted, no no shade to Tua. He ended up being a great player. But like, reports are that Brian Flores wasn't a massive Tua fan. So. Mm-hmm tough yeah that that is tough um it's funny that you you said you don't want D'Amico Ryan's going to the Colts like or D'Amico Ryan's would want to go to the Colts put it that way and that may be true um but I I kind of like D'Amico Ryan's going to the going to the Colts um because who's the Colts like overall best player right now JT or Shaquille Leonard I was gonna I was gonna say Shaq Leonard Um, either one either either one and I think D'Amico Ryan's goes and gets that and and the Colts when they were kind of on the upswing, when they're on the what's it called in in, in language arts, the the when on the rising action, how about that? When they're on when when they're on the the rising, when they're on the incline, it was their defense that was kind of like paving the way for their offense. They you know leading the league in turnovers. Shaquille Leonard is one of the best linebackers in the league. Like they're they're doing all these great things on defense. And look at what D'Amico Ryan's has the 49ers defense doing and has another good linebacker over there in Fred Werner. So I think if he's able to get there, Shaquille Leonard comes back healthy and focused next season. I think D'Amico Ryans puts the Colts defense on the front foot. So it's not on goofy Matt Ryan in the offense to try to salvage whatever is there. Let, let the defense kind of run the ship and Matt Ryan, you know, kind of fill in the cracks after that. 
We got two. We're going to go through them quickly. The Panthers. Jake, who you got for the Panthers? This one's a lot less fun. This feels like a Mike Kafka type hire um, who's been getting a ton of buzz. <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. Giants OC. I'm actually going to go with Eric Bieniemy though. I, I think. No, this is, don't do that. Yeah, to I know. Him. Don't I think, do that to him. So, well, Jake, here's why I'm mad at you. Because you could have sent him to the Cardinals. I know. Whole I know. I would want him to, I want you could have sent them. You could have even have sent them to the Broncos with Russ and a bunch of weapons. You want to send him there? Well, he gets to build from the ground up. That's the thing. I think a lot of coaches, if you're coming you into a good team, build. like you wanted, to, you want it to be your players. Because if a guy's messing up and they're like, "Why isn't that guy, you know, performing?" Well, I don't. Know, I didn't draft him, so like. I feel like that happens a lot. I would just, and you're right. I would love to. Does, have, he deserves to be on one of those other teams. Does for, Eric Bieniemy strike you as the? And maybe because he's been game. waiting for a job, man. He deserves. No, it. but does he strike hey, you as the? As I the view the enemy, you, I don't think Bieniemy is ever going to get hired. So he's like kind of off my radar. <laughs> That's like it's, it's dumb that like he's that. not getting hired. But I don't, I don't want to think like that. I mean, there might be a part of him like not. I mean, he's in a good spot, leave. Yeah, man. Maybe, yeah. maybe the ones I got the best. Maybe the best quarterback of all time. But it's also there's a chance. Like you get in interviews, he says he wants this amount of control, and yeah. it's because I'm in a good situation now. I don't need this. So it could be that kind of or, stuff. Or he wants the Kansas City job. Mm. And maybe Andy's like, "Hey, man, when I leave, I'm I'm gonna hand mm. a stick right to you." It's a couple of years, right? Whole whole lot of conjecture for that. Um, uh, for me, of uh, the Panthers, stick with Steve Wilkes. Great job in, as the interim coach. There you go. Six and six. Players want him there. Play, yeah, players I like, like him. Players want him there. I stick I like with Steve that. Wilkes. Yeah. How about that NFL team? Listen to your players. Shocking. How about we do that? I'm going to stick with Steve Wilkes. Like, the last one, the low down and out Houston, Texas. No, this is actually a good job. A good job. And D'Amico Ryans is going to take it. Really? He, he is a Texans legend. Okay. And they yeah, have a true. lot of draft picks from the Watson trade. Right. So you get true. to build a lot around it. So, and like, you're, you're sitting at the second pick in the draft right now. You have a. They're going to give you leeway. You're really beloved there as a linebacker. I think this is a no-brainer for both D'Amico and Houston. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I actually was going to go y'all defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. No, I think for a lot of the points you made, except for the D'Amico, like the D'Amico familiarity, but the the leeway and the wiggle room that you get with going to Houston, I think is is perfect for a first-time head coach and Jonathan Gannon. Like I think. It allows him to, you talked about the draft picks. You talked about what he's able to do and kind of build his own team. You you get to do that. And I think that's that's perfect for a guy like Jonathan Gannon, who this is really big, his, his first year being notable, like being noted, people know his name. So you're going to go to a, a completely fresh situation with, to me, not a whole lot of expectations. Like, I think it's known that anyone who takes the Texans job is like, you're taking it from rock bottom. And if it don't move from rock bottom, like, well, the last guy didn't move it from rock bottom either. So, like, I'm not, you know what I mean? There's not really going to hold that against you. And I think that's a good spot for a first-time head coach. D'Amico also a first-time head coach. So, it, it checks the box there, too. Oh, gee, you didn't want to give a choice, Jake? You just going to ride one? No, no, I, I was, D'Amico, I think, is the oh, perfect. Is the because of the, I love, like. The familiarity, you know, I didn't even think about that. Familiarity side. In reality, I don't think that matters that much. But it is good to have someone who's familiar with the franchise and the market. That talks about the fan base, talks to the fan base too. I'm sure they'd be excited to have D'Amico Ryan's back. Right. But we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It's been a great one. As always, we can get some shots about the buzzer. Who's got a shot to go at the buzzer? Uh, shout I'm out. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I, this caught my eye on social media. Shout out to our guy, James Jackson, for handling the, uh, the Nova crowd 
I saw you put out a tweet and there was like 13K impressions on it. I was like, what is going on? And I click on the tweet and it became a post on what they, what, how do we think about the game day operations of Villanova underneath of your post, which is like, and I know you won't say it. So my, I'll say my, it. my tweet trying to give kudos to how well Nova Nation was in that game. That's that's what it was under too, Jake. And you're right. I'm not going to speak about it. And and because you can't say, I'll say, it. shut up, shut up. <laughs> Watch the game. How about you cheer? I've been there. I've been. Hey, I know the Big Five pretty well, right? I went to a Villanova game. You guys do need to be told when to cheer. James does a great god, gosh darn job doing that. So how about like we stop my tweets? I appreciate that, my brother. I really do. That means that means that means the world to gotcha. me just now. And and for reference. I was at the G- the game the game that Jake is referencing right now, so it's not like I haven't seen y'all desolate there. All right, so I just I try to do my part, but I appreciate you, brother. Stat Matt, you got something to say to the buzzer? Yeah, I have like a I found a really not actual sad but sports sad story that doesn't fit for a deep dive or a tweet. So I'm just gonna say it now because I find it so interesting. Cool. The 1967 Colts were undefeated. Going into the last game of the season. Baltimore? Yeah, Baltimore Colts. They're undefeated going into the last game of the season. They lost the last game of this regular season. Didn't make the playoffs. They finished 11-1-2. The Rams, who beat them. Oh, well, them, you didn't tell me they tied finished, twice. Yeah, still 11-1-2. That's true. The Packers went 9-5 and five that year. Won the Super Bowl. And not only that, the Packers got the host. The playoff game against the Rams because they alternated which division hosted back then. Each year, it was like, oh, now the West gets it. This year, the East gets it. So the Packers got real lucky. I'm just saying. And the Colts got, they, they, you go 11, 1, and 2, and you watch a 9 and 5 team win the Super Bowl. That's brutal. That's yeah. brutal. <laughs> and now we got, now we got 9 and 8 and 8 and 9 teams in the playoffs. Mm-mm. They're not far, right? What you trying to say about the eight nine team in the playoffs? What you what you trying to say? I'm saying there we've come a long way to make sure every team that <laughs> everyone feels average <laughs> can make the playoffs. We've like, come a they, long way. Like it's like a huge overcorrection from oh you go eleven. Imagine going eleven one and two. Like even if you call the ties losses eleven and three, and you don't make the playoffs, that's BS. Like the Patriots won eleven and five minutes of playoffs. Everyone was like, "Holy crap! How did that happen?" Like eleven, hey man, one and two. Hey man, take it, take it easy brutal. on those eight and nine teams who make it in the playoffs, man. We we tried, <laughs> we fought through adversity on and off the field to get to where we were, man. One easy. First one time easy. in your history, you won back to back division titles because you didn't win at the Super Bowl year. <laughs> yeah, you true. didn't win the division year, you won the Super Bowl, but there you go, eight and nine, you win it. <laughs> yeah. That's life, isn't it? Um, all I got to say at the buzzer is I am on borrowed time. Put it this way. My car is on borrowed time. That was a really interesting way to put it. I was about to go down my- like we all are, James. That's <laughs> <laughs> deep, man. about to get real deep. Get real deep. <laughs> <laughs> my car is on borrowed time. So my car has been like kind of acting funny. And it, your car is one of those things when you drive as much as I do, your car is one of those things that the minute you turn it on, you're like something not right. Like you, you sit it. back in your chair, yeah. Like some belt turn, you're like, yeah, that's something not right. So I've been I've been driving like this for the better part of like a year. And if my if one of my dad listens to this episode, he's gonna cringe heavy because he hates when I drive with my car like you know out of whack. So I've been driving like knowing, just in the back of my mind, like 
as I'm driving, it don't feel right. Something's off, but it turned on. It got me there and nothing blew up. So, you know, I'm going to kind of, you know, just, you know, live with it. So I took it to an oil change and I just happened to casually mention to him. I said, hey, my car, it just feels a little wonky. Like, I don't know if you want to check something, take it for a test ride. What's going on? So they come back and they're like, so are you saying that like, I have an automatic car, but they're, they're like, you're saying like, you can feel it like kind of stays in a, in a shift kind of too long Mine a little bit. Does that. I'm about to yeah. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like, yes. Okay. So you guys figure out what's on. He goes, he goes, yeah, that's the transmission. <laughs> like what? And, Suddenly you wish you didn't know. That's why I don't get these things checked. <laughs> that's why I don't do it. So now I'm on what we like to call borrowed time because i asked him i said what's the fix he said a new transmission and i said okay well how much does that run i'm not i don't even want to repeat the number (laughs) so then so then i'm like okay what are my alternatives and he looked at me like i had three head like alternatives so have you heard of a bike before yeah yeah yeah, public transportation (laughs) or or get a get a new transmission um so i was like how long do like like how long i got doc like like how how long i got (laughs) Before I do, and he was like, "Look, I can't really give you a timetable, but like, obviously, you'll know when it goes." Um, he's like, "You can get around; it's not bad." But so, long story short, y'all, I am on borrowed time right now. I don't know when my car is gonna go. I don't know if it's a pivotal point. All I ask for the good Lord above is that I'm not going to somewhere that like I need to be there at a certain time. I'm just on the way somewhere casually on the way home. That's all I can ask for because. It is one of those things when it costs thousands of dollars that you pay for it when you need it. Yeah. I'm not going to pay for it now because I don't need it right now. So in that's there. all that is. Car troubles, man. Jake, if you feel your car sticking in gear too long, man, go it's get trouble. that thing. Yeah, go get that thing checked. And we've yeah. had our cars about the same amount of time. Like uh, we're, yeah, we're, we're doing mm. at this point. But this is all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. Again, before we get out of here, I'm going to remind everyone to go. Like and follow up on Game Presents Network on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. They're on Twitter. They're on Instagram. A great array of shows, including the one you're listening to right now. Straight Facts Podcast with my guys, Jake Galley and Stan Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference that's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule it's flexible simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you learn more at betterhelp.com that's better h-e-l-p.com it's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.